Welcome to the Author's Podcast with Lisa Newton. Writing a book is a dream for many people, and in today's society, it has become easier and more important than ever. If you are an expert, speaker, coach, or an authority in your field, having a book is the new business card. It can increase your credibility, enhance your status, and make you the go-to person in your field. Opening doors and bringing a flood of opportunities straight to you. You can increase your fees and start choosing the clients you really want to work with. The Author's Podcast Show with Lisa Newton is designed to inspire, educate and inform you, both entrepreneur and individual, on how to write a book, as well as writer's tips and strategies on how to actually get that book written. On today's show, you learn more about how to write a book, including writing ideas, marketing, and how to succeed in getting a book written. Here we go with the author's podcast, and here is your host, Lisa Newton. Hello and welcome to another episode of the author's podcast. Today, my guest is Cesar Espino. He's a serial author and life coach. His mission is to help people to overcome anything through his books, mentoring programs, real estate solutions, and public speaking messages. Cesar's passion for motivation and his drive to succeed go back to his roots. Born in Mexico City into a society of poverty and very little hope, it took years for him to recognize that a larger purpose had been set in front of him. Caesar's recent books are Dare to be Authentic, Volume 5, Let Yourself Prosper, You Can Overcome Anything Even When the World Says No, and also translated into Spanish, Puedes Superar Cualquier Cosa, Incluso Cuando El Mundo Dice No. He has his own podcast, You Can Overcome Anything. So on the line, I should have Caesar Espino. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Hi, I'm very well. Thank you very much. So, Caesar, um, intrigued by your story. So, you know, and I do like the title of your book, You Can Overcome Anything, Even When the World Says No. So starting at the beginning, then tell me a little bit about Mexico City, because that's where your roots are and how you came to be uh, an American. Yeah. And so it's once again, first, thank you for having me here. I'm really excited to be here and share my story with you and your audience and really, for, for me, um, as you mentioned, I was born in Mexico City, and I was born in, into a, a time where, you know, even even so now, but back then, you know, there was a lot of poverty, right? And my upgrowing was really that. I didn't really uh, grow into a middle class or a wealthy family. I think we were probably the lowest of the lowest when it comes down to the classification. And I only actually was only born to just one parent, so I've never met my uh, biological father and don't know anything about him. So it was really just my my mom, my grandmother, and my little brother. And it was the four of us growing uh, together. And one of the things that really resonates with me is that growing up, I didn't have anything, right? Like I didn't have uh, toys. I didn't have, you know, the, the, the clothing. I didn't have what I would probably see now as being more so, uh, you know, uh, normal for, for kids to have, especially here in the Americas, right? And so um, I didn't have any of that. And we actually used to live in this one small, uh, what I call my home, but it was a small room 
which was no more than 250 square feet um, of space. And it was made out of a sheet metal and plywood and literally right on top of the dirt. And I remember that uh, as if, you know, as if it was yesterday. Yet one thing was that it was very, very comforting to be there because I had my the support of my mom, I had the support of my grandmother, and then I had my older brother, right? Now, it wasn't until like the age of four, I was literally about four months into my fourth year where my mom decided to take her own leap of faith and decided to leave Mexico and come to the United States chasing that American dream that many people have been chasing for, for years and years and decades, right? And she left all of us behind. As a matter of fact, you know, we, we stayed behind. And I call that being one of my first turning points because at that moment in my life, you know, although I was already poor and, and, and my parent, my, my mom and my grandma were doing things to, to support us, now things had turned around where I had to start working at an early age. And I remember doing different different things, which uh, led to uh, us selling uh, food in the uh, flea market. And we were doing that. And that didn't work out too good. You know, sometimes uh, we make money, sometimes we make money. And sometimes because of that, we didn't have much to eat. And I always say that we had the uh, the Mexican specialty dish, which is literally a tortilla with a grain of salt. And that's all we had to eat. But let me tell you, it was very, very satisfying. And, and I love definitely just having that simple thing, you know. So um, so anyways, we had that. And, and then, you know, we I say we graduated from uh, selling food at the flea market. And we graduated to actually sewing clothes for, for dolls. So my grandmother decided to get a, a sewing machine for herself, a sewing machine for myself and for my older brother. So we all had our own sewing machines and we used to sew clothing uh, for dolls so that we can uh, generate some income, right? And so mm. when I look at all of that, it, it kind of led to where I am now, that entrepreneurial journey, because I was, I guess, you know, I, I grew up with that, right? It wasn't until the age of 10 that my mom finally came back uh, for the second time and she brought us to the States. So I, I came to the States when I was 10 and that was another lesson for me. And part of it was because, one, I didn't understand the language. I couldn't speak English. I couldn't communicate. I couldn't do any of that. I didn't have any friends. It, everything was very different for me. Like, it was a, a total night and day type of lifestyle. You know, going from growing up, being poor, not having clothes, not having toys, not having, you know, a, a, a decent place to stay uh, and working to now having all of that. And for the first time in my life, not really having to work. That was definitely different. And, and so you, so one, you had your sewing machine and everything. That was when you were under 10 years old. Yeah, 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 definitely. So I know how to sew. Yeah, it was around, uh, I think it was around seven, uh, seven years old. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and, and another lesson that I, that I remember, too, is that uh, when I came here, and, and I think this is where a lot of people go through this, right? I was uncomfortable being here in the States. And a lot of times, you know, now that I see it, it was like, wow, that was like a, a, a very great lesson for me. Because I remember telling uh, at that time, uh, my stepdad, who I see as my dad now, I was telling my dad, I'm like, you know what? I don't belong here. I, I, you need to take me back to Mexico. And when you think about that, I was so uncomfortable being in, in, in the States, not having to work, you know, having clothes, doing all this other stuff, this, this land of opportunity, per se. And I was so uncomfortable with that, that I was comfortable going back to being poor, going back to working, going back to, to that reality because I was so afraid of being uncomfortable. And I think that's uh, one of the things that we as people face throughout our journey in life. Like there's a lot of times that, that because we're so uncomfortable on something, it will stop us from doing 
what we need to do to, to get comfortable, right? To switch that uncomfortableness to being comfortable. Yes. So when you experience something, even though in your case it, it was an improvement, it felt so weird and different that you wanted to go back to the poverty because that's yeah. where it was comfortable. That's what you knew. And and in life, I suppose, when we have to grow, you, that you've got to face a period of being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, okay, yeah. Wow. So, so yeah, and and, and, and you know, as, as I uh, came into the states and finally I, I had to surrender. That's, that's another lesson where I surrendered to the fact that this is gonna be my my new life. This is gonna be my my new purpose. And I'm glad my parents didn't send me back. You know, I'm really glad that they they, they didn't listen to me when I said, hey, I, I want to go back because that <laughs> led to other opportunities, right? And so I surrendered. I finally got to to read, write, and started making friends. And then literally, just five years being in the states. At the age of 15 and a half, I had another, uh, you know, another, I, I would say, life lesson. I don't see it as a failure because I think it's my greatest joy. I, I was dating this girl and we uh, we ended up getting pregnant or she got pregnant, I guess. How, I don't know. I don't know what's the right way to put it. But anyways, we, we got pregnant or she got pregnant. Nevertheless, <laughs> at the age of 15 and a half, uh, you know, um, we're, we're going to be expecting. And so uh, I was 16 and, and, and my daughter was born. Right. And so. Again, I was a kid having a kid. I was a kid raising a kid, and just being here five five years in the states, that was like another another major 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 thing in my life. And I, I remember telling myself and telling my ex, uh, my my daughter's mom at that time, said, Hey, you know what? I'm gonna make sure that I do a couple of things. Number one, I'm gonna make sure that I give my daughter everything that she, that I didn't have when I was a kid. I I, I want to make sure that my daughter does not go through the same thing that I went through as a kid. So I'm going to provide for her. Number two. I got to get to work. I got to start looking at how can I make sure that I can give her that life, that I can give her the opportunity, that I can give her something that I didn't have as a kid. And so that, you know, just led to more, you know, I got to go to school. I have to make sure that I get good grades. I have to make sure that I, I graduate and I and I start this journey in my life. And I, I can tell you up, up until this point, I've gone through so many different obstacles that um, not necessarily proud of, yet I, I've gone through a lot of different obstacles that I had to overcome. And that's the reason why I decided to write my book, to not only tell my story because I lived it and there was many different lessons that I've learned, also because I know that perhaps there's going to be somebody that is going to resonate with either one idea, one thought, one one phrase that's going to be like, oh, you know, that's me. I can see myself there now. I can kind of take it from that perspective and, and start shifting my mind to make sure that I can also turn my life around. No, absolutely. And I think, you know, you've gone through so much at such a young age, my goodness, that um, it's uh, it, 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 there's lessons in there for, for everyone. I mean, even if you haven't had to immigrate and learn a new language and the whole culture shock, there are some people who've had to change schools, they've changed jobs. Yep. They were in one place one minute, in another place the next. And it's all about adapting the situations that got thrown at you completely unexpected not part of the plan you have to deal with it and each time you've managed to pick yourself up and keep moving so you were listening to the authors podcast with me your host lisa newton you can email me lisa at lisanewton.co.uk and remember we have the inner circle which is for writers just like you and you can join us at writerbook.net you can overcome anything even when the world says no so did you receive a lot of no's 
or you know like that whole when the world says no did you get a lot of negative feedback lots of no's lots of doors slammed in your face or yeah I, I, definitely again throughout my life I, it, a lot of the things that I've done um, you know you uh, the nose uh, and, and, and you kind of get discouraged and I, I've had numerous businesses that I wanted to start at a young age and many of them didn't didn't go you know as I planned you know uh, mm-hmm. some of them I actually you know ended up losing a lot of money because of that and and so it, it comes back to we're like now, I'm discouraging myself. I'm having that self-sabotaging of whether or not this is for me. Like maybe I was meant to just work for somebody else and and kind of go through that journey. And I didn't, you know, I, I, at one point actually I gave up and I'm like, you know what, that's it. I'm just going to work for somebody else. And then it happened in, in uh, a couple of years back where I'm like, you know, I think there's a bigger calling. There's a bigger purpose for me. And I'm going to continue to do this and I'm going to start this journey again. I'm going to make sure that I that I can fulfill that journey because I feel like the calling for me is now to really inspire people, to really aspire and empower them to really have their true potential, right? And so even even writing my book, like just writing my book, I myself was actually talking myself out of it. And, and I think that's what we do as people. A lot of times we talk ourselves out of doing something, whether it's a book, whether it's certainly a new um, business venture, whether it's maybe even just going uh, going uh, over and talking to that girl or that guy and letting them know how you feel. Like sometimes we just talk ourselves out of it. And I remember when, before I wrote my book, I said, I, I want to write my book. How can I impact more people? How can I get to more people? And I said, well, what about if I write a book? And then the first thing that came to, to mind in, in, you know, in, in the back of my mind is this, this little voice saying, hey, Caesar, you're not a writer, number one. Number two, who's going to read your book? And number three, you don't even like to read books. So why are you <laughs> going to do this, right? And so I was like telling myself, I'm like, you know what? Yeah, you're kind of right. I, I, the last time I, I read a book was in high school because I had to uh, read a book for my English class. Other than that, I've ne- I really don't like reading books. And I'm like, and I'm not a writer. And so I talked myself out of doing that. And if it wasn't until maybe a month later or so, and I said, you know, now I, 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 there's a bigger purpose. Somebody, something deep down told me you, you have to do this. So I changed the frame. I said, you know what? Well, if nobody reads my book, that's okay. I'm still gonna write it. If nobody likes what I put put out, it's okay. I'm still gonna write it because I wanna leave something behind for my daughter. So I, I looked that, looked, uh, took that back to my daughter and say, I, I wanna leave something behind for my daughter so that when I'm gone. I left something for her and she can see my life unfolded in this book and some lessons. Number two, I'm doing this for me from from a purpose of self-accomplishment, right? A lot of times we forget that a lot of the things that we do in life, it, it is um, uh, definitely for many people, yet it's also for yourself. So I said, well, what about if I do it for myself, self-accomplishment and to leave something behind? When I did that, I stopped all the negative thoughts and ideas and I began writing my book and I actually put myself a deadline of when to finish the book and I finished my book under two and a half months uh, because I was just so into it. Wow and how did you go about it? Did you write, are you good at writing like straight onto the laptop or computer for yeah. hours at a time or do you have a set time? Yeah, yeah. A lot so, of people they, they just they just don't even know where to start they just can't motivate themselves I don't know. Yeah, right. I mean, I can, I can give you my experience, and I think there's different different ways you can go about it. You can either do a, a, a ghost writing, or, or you can write yourself your uh, the book yourself. 
I decided to write the book myself and pretty much actually all the books that I've done now, I've written the books myself and it was straight to the laptop. What I can give you though is I was uh, looking around and I, and I got connected with one person and he gave me this format and it's just really a format and, and, and I think uh, when I took that format, it allowed me to more or less organize myself, right? And so this mm. format is a, uh, is a one, 10, 10, three. One being the book title, or essentially becomes the book title, but is is the overall idea of your book, right? So that's the the, the first one. Ten is gonna be ten chapters or ten titles of each chapter, right? So you can kind of create that outline. So uh, you you have ten chapters. The other ten are gonna be ten paragraphs within that one chapter, right? For each chapter, and then three will be three sentences per chapter. So when you create the outline, that's exactly what I did. I took that and even I didn't know, you know, what was going to be the book title and all that stuff. I actually created the outline on Word and I put one because that's as a a placeholder. That's going to be the objective of my book, which is going to be my title. And then I created 10 headers for my book titles. And then below that, I created 10 spaces for each of the chapter in each, um, uh, sorry, uh, a paragraph for each chapter. And then I created uh, a space for three sentences per chapter. And now, guess what? I have an outline. Now I have something to go by. When you complete this, that'll give you a book anywhere between 140 to 150 pages, which is a decent-sized book, right? And so that was the first thing that I did. The second thing is, one of the things that I do is I'm an accountability coach. So some of the things that I teach to my students, I also apply that with myself. And I created a, um, a weekly task tracker. And I said, okay, this week, what is my objective? What is the end in mind? What am I trying to accomplish this week uh, as it relates to my book? And I said, well, if I want to finish, and I put myself a deadline. I said, I want to be able to finish my book within three months. I said, okay, well, if I want to finish my book within three months, then what are the smaller tasks that I have to take on? And so I said, well, the smaller task is that I have to do X amount of pages per week. And then the next thing is, well, I got to be able to measure myself. I got to be able to measure that performance to see whether or not I am on track. And then the last thing is you want to start and uh, act on that and take action immediately. So I took all of that and I said, well, I'm going to create a daily task tracker that is going to say I have to do 10 pages per day for me to be able to finish the book on time. There was days, I'll be honest with you, there was days that I wrote one page or two pages. Now I have to pick up the slack the next day for those pages that I didn't do, right? Uh, and I follow that format, you know, the, the strategy for, uh, I guess, uh, for, for the, the, the book writing and, and, and also the uh, outline. And again, I finished the book within two and a half months. Wow, excellent. So that, that's really good tips. So that's motivation for anyone out there, because sometimes we don't know where to start. We don't we don't have that any idea. We've just got it sort of all foggy in the mind but when you've got that one 10 10 three formula if you like those steps then at least you you've got your outline you were listening to the authors podcast with me your host lisa newton you can email me lisa at lisanewton.co.uk and remember we have the inner circle which is for writers just like you and you can join us at writerbook.net So if you're just tuning in, I'm talking to Cesar Espino, who is a serial author and life coach. And his book is You Can Overcome Anything, 
even when the world says no. And it's also translated into Spanish. So my question, Caesar, is did, did you write the book in Spanish or did you literally translate what you'd written in English back into Spanish? If you yeah, know what so, I mean. Yeah, yeah, so definitely. <laughs> so that, that was one one that I started writing the book in Spanish and then I realized it's going to take me forever to do it because I was trying to do a, a direct translation from my English to Spanish, right? And so I ended up just uh, going a different route. So yeah, it was, it was instead of writing, I actually just translated the English ver version to Spanish, uh, and, and you know, uh, it took me a little bit longer to do that, and then I just did the, the proof written on that at the end. Um, so it's a direct translation, uh, I would say word by word, you know, maybe for the exception of some words uh, from English mm. to Spanish. Mm. And was that for you easier, or was it yeah. easier to write in English? Because I, I, I speak different languages, I'm always fascinated, I'm just, yeah. just, just fascinated <laughs> by language in general. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. You know, I, I, I think I found that a little bit harder. I don't know why, although that I speak Spanish literally every day. Um, um, <laughs> it was just a little bit uh, harder because I think I lost the touch of, you know, the grammar and, you know, the, the, yeah. the proper, you know, punctuations and things to that yeah. nature. So it was a little bit harder from that perspective, but definitely fulfilling for sure. Mm, no, definitely. So no, that's interesting because for some people, although you can speak the language really well, the, the written and the grammar part of it is different. It's it's not the same. It's not the same kind of skill. OK, so just in terms then of how people can get hold of you, how they can work with you, because you're very motivational. I, I can feel it. I'm, I'm just just listening to you. I'm just like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> just, awesome. You know, because things could be so difficult in life, you know, and yep. you, you get through it. You get through to the other end and you just want to you know reach back and encourage other people who might be going through something as well you know you can do it too do you know what I mean so yes how how can people work with you what does your your business offer them yeah so people can connect with me through pretty much every social media uh, Facebook Instagram LinkedIn Caesar R. Espino or you can actually just go to my website which is www.caesarrespino.com and uh, from there, you can find pretty much all the different things that I do and uh, and you can connect with me, you know, directly through that. Right. And you do coaching for people because you said you, you're an accountability partner as well. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the different things that I do is I do accountability for people. So I have a, an accountability program that I uh, have students that, that come through that. And then um, I also do mind coaching. So my mind coaching is really about working through obstacles where you have limiting beliefs or uh, negative emotions or just in general, even toxic people that you have to clear from your mind to help you get to the next level, right? And uh, we definitely have many of those, and it could be either yes. uh, friends or family, even sometimes family, right? So a lot of times when you, you tap into that, we're, we're uh, definitely looking at it from an unconscious level and, and the unconscious mind. And uh, we uh, I take all of that and, and just work with people on a one-on-one -on -one basis to clear, whether again, it's an emotion or a, a belief or even toxic people. Um, so that's one thing that I do. I am also a real estate investor, so I do have a mentoring program for people that want to get into real estate investing. And as a matter of fact, my my real estate investing program, the very first session that I that I have with people, I don't even talk about real estate. I actually talk talk about the mind, and 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 why I focus so much on the mind is because I can give you the tools, I can give you the ideas, I can pretty much give you a blueprint of what you need to do. Except if your mind is not in a healthy place where 
you uh, get rejected by the first no or the second no or the third no, and then you want to give up, and then it doesn't matter what I give you or tell you, you're going to end up giving up. So my, my whole focus is let, let's work on your mind. Let's give you some ideas. Let's, let's talk about how you can create a more stronger mind so that when you do get that no once or twice or three times, you're going to be like, okay, that's fine. Just because somebody told me no today doesn't mean that it's going to be no forever. So I'm going to continue to move forward, right? And so that's one thing that I also teach on, on my on my uh, real estate mentoring program, which is obviously uh, more triggered to just real estate. But again, I do touch on the uh, mindset. Yeah, and and I think I think that's really important the mind because in order to overcome anything, it's it's that self talk that we we give ourselves. Yes, we have to um, n- know how to 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 talk to, to ourselves. And you, you do some NLP, I, I, cause of some of the words you've just said, yes. reframing and stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's 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 definitely my uh, my uh, when I talk about um, clearing limiting beliefs or emotions or, or toxic people, it's all through uh, NLP practices. So I am an NLP practitioner, um, and so it is through um, through 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 that uh, logic or or those practices where I help people uh, overcome those things. Mm. And for the real estate, is it focused on the U.S. market? Is it in a specific city or is it something that can be applied um, sort of all over the, the United States? Yeah, that definitely. It, it's definitely for the U.S. market, anywhere in the U.S. for sure. It is uh, talking about a couple of different strategies, whether it's either wholesale or buying, fixing and flipping uh, properties in, in, the, in the U.S. market. So um, the principles pretty much are uh, the same across the U.S. Okay. No, very, very, very interesting. I always think, though, that, you know, I'm I'm in the U.K., and they always say that, um, not always, but, you know, statistics have shown um, that oftentimes when people come from other places to the U.K., probably the same in the U.S. as migrants, so they say, that there is a drive in certain communities because the opportunities are there and when you come from one place and you go to another and you see and you realize these opportunities are there you're more likely to I suppose spot them or maybe even go for them because you know you've seen a contrast as to other places where these opportunities aren't there school and you know being able to start a business and and things like that so I think that sometimes that there's that factor there as well. Yeah, I, I I definitely believe that. I, I you know especially you know if I look at my own story, growing up in in, in, in being born into a society where there's a lot of corruption, a lot, a lot of poverty, uh, because that's how the government decides to have it, and you come to a place where there's uh, the U.S. or any other country that has better opportunities, you know you have to you have something, and and I think this is one big lesson too, is you have the choice and, and the decision to either take on that opportunity and run with it, or mm. you have the, the decision or the choice to not do anything about it and drown with yourself with, with whatever it might be. And a lot of times I, I, I tell people that when it comes down to anything, the it really comes down to, and, and, and I know it's harder uh, or it's not as easy as, as, as I say it, yet it comes down to that. It comes down to making a decision um, on, on your business, on your relationship, on your uh, friends and whatever the case may be, it comes down to just making a decision. It, it comes down to just choosing what's going to be the next step. And sometimes we forget about that. We forget about the fact that we uh, are just one decision or one choice away from 
keeping a smile in our face, from feeling happy, from being joyful, from being depressed. Like it really comes down to that. And, and a lot of that comes down to, again, how you feel inside and how you're going to stand up and, and, and uh, you know, your overall physiology and your way of thinking. And it comes down to just that thought, that decision, that choice. Yes, I love it. And on that note, I thank you very much, Caesar, for being a guest. And listeners, you can get more from Caesar because he does have his own podcast called You Can Overcome Anything. And that's the same title of his book, You Can Overcome Anything, even when the world says no. And once again, the website is Caesar R. Espino. And Caesar is spelled C E S A R. R for Romeo Espino, E-S-P-I-N-O dot com. Excellent. Caesar, thank you very much for being a guest on the Authors Podcast. Thank you, Lisa, for having me. I'm really appreciative. No problem. So listeners, there you have it. Remember, make that note, the one ten ten three, and you can overcome anything, absolutely anything. And for, to hear more from Caesar, CaesarRespino.com. Thank you very much for tuning into the Authors Podcast and I'll see you next time. You have been listening to the Authors Podcast with Lisa Newton, sponsored by Boogles Limited. Tweet the show at Boogles underscore books, spelled B-O-O-G-L-E-Z underscore books. You can also contact your host, via the email address lisa at lisanewton.co.uk and if you want to join our authors community join the inner circle at www.writerbook.net you have just been listening to the authors podcast with lisa newton see you next time